Bienvenidos to Merendiando. Our guest today is Mela Pavón, a Puerto Rican improviser, writer, illustrator, and astrologer who's garnered almost a million followers on Instagram with her digital monthly horoscopes and illustrated art. In this interview, we talked about Puerto Rican slang, Mela's connection to Latin culture while living in a U.S. colony, and creating and running her own brand. Also, if you have your phone near you, go to Checkins Mela's Instagram, which is on the show notes, and try her Instagram filter, Bola Magica, for answers to your deepest questions. You should know that this episode is in Spanglish, which is super cool. A fuego! Let's get started. Antes de empezar esta entrevista, we were playing with your filter on Instagram. Ah, el de la bola. Sí. Y descubrimos, we, we discovered our futures. What did it say? Not good things for me. You have to do it until you get the right, the answer you want. Right. <laughs> um, pues tengo una pregunta para ti. Like, ¿tú qué crees en digital divination? So divination es como esa práctica de, de esoteric, like, to um, shuffle something and to get something by chance. Like tarot cards, como tú sabes. Uh -huh. práctica de the divining, the escuchar del otro, otro Como lado. un oracle. Sí, pero digital, porque esto es tu filter. So, ¿tú qué crees? I love it. Yeah? <laughs> That's how I make decisions. But really? you just you just said you just keep shuffling it till you get the answer you want. Yeah, because that's how manifestation and life works. If you want it. And and sometimes you know the answer. Mm. of the things you're asking and you know if you ask um what will i do and oh what do i want in life or what's gonna happen with my partner or whatever sometimes you know the answer you just want to hear another answer <laughs> <laughs> that is so true yeah that's why people do it and and they get upset when they don't get the answer they knew they wanted in the first place so you just have to be happy and like <laughs> manifest i manifest a lot como como like i think surrendering to i don't know i have like this when whenever i'm like on the borderline of for example during the pandemic, uh, I, I didn't work from since February. So my last paycheck I got was in February. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it like to, because I don't have savings. I don't, I'm letting and I- I it's, Yeah, that's the best answer. <laughs> I, I, money is to enjoy it. Yeah yeah but then this happens <laughs> and and yeah and you wish you would have saved so to me surrendering is yeah making making everything you can't try to to manage how how you're gonna make it through and then but also believing maybe everything's gonna be fine you know like every i don't know money comes when I needed the most, mm -hmm. but I, it's really personal. Like I wouldn't preach this on anyone. Yeah, yeah. That could be like really chaotic. 
<laughs> so that's your strategy. Exactly. That's what I do to feel good when things are not going that well. I'm like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. I feel like you give that peace of mind to a lot of people through your work. You're constantly like, shh, shh, chill. Yeah, you're going to be fine. You're amazing. Like, especially during these times that everything's collapsing or not, it's like things are falling apart, but then there are other things that are happening that are new. And, and for example, to me, it was like a really, um, como digo, pausado, como I, I didn't have any creative intensity. Yo también. So it was like, uh, write what you would like to read. I don't know. Hopefully people are better. <laughs> If I would describe Madame Mela, I would say she's an artist astrology of the internet times. I could agree. How did you, how, how did it start? Because I know you from improv uh-huh so i know you from the world of improv so you're also a performer and and actually we, we had a question for you about this as like how do you choose which medium to engage depending on your art when it's live comedy or when is illustrated digital yeah. comedy well i think my my like i have like a core interest and in it's writing especially like comedy and and I really enjoy comedy. I I studied uh, in the university creative writing, so I've always had that's like my core um, interest. So astrology, for example, I see it as a narrative medium or outlet because the planets have uh, meaning, the houses have other meanings, and then you just connect the dots and create a narrative based on the position. I don't know, I see it like that and that's how only I can enjoy doing it. And then improv, for example, I think it's an amazing tool for writing too. And stand-up as well. Like I started doing stand-up because I'm not, I don't want to be necessarily like a novel writer or a poetry writer or Like I wanted to explore in my interest how I could use writing as a as a vehicle. I don't, I'm, I'm inventing like metaphors here, but <laughs> no, it's making sense. It's going great. Yeah. So stand up, for example, I I love stand up. I was always seeing stand up. I have always uh, liked comedy. And then I just started watching a lot of stand-ups and trying to understand the, like the format of the narrative. And then I started writing as, I, it was a really interesting um, experiment. And then I just booked a date and, and tried it out. And also improv, I think, has been a really important Uh, learning experience. What was the first time like when you tried it out? I think I'm still not that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I enjoy it a lot, so I don't care that much because I think improv also uh, lays out in front of everyone first uh, like personal personality issues or things you're working on. 
in in your daily life i totally agree yeah I'm fucking scared for example, <laughs> i i realized i i i was too scared to like i always wanted to say witty things and and comedy things so i i i wasn't necessarily listening to what was going on i was like ah wit 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 that funny joke uh, and then i started noticing how in my daily life I tend to be like that. Like I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Interrupting people, for example, that's something I, I realized I did in my regular life and I did it. And I, when I saw it being portrayed in, on the stage that I was doing it. You've been exposed. Talking about improv, I, I know you have a, a duo called Non Gratas. And what I love is you are from Puerto Rico, but your improv partner is from Argentina, uh -huh. so she lives in Canada. So how did you and, and Patricia, who's your improv comedy duo, how did you met? We met in Colombia, actually. So we Latin American love story. Uh -huh. So we went to this uh, improv, um, yeah, it was like an improv school, like part of a university program. And then it was a really intensive uh, two month, all every day improv sessions with different improvisers from all around Latin America. And then Patricia and I were the only people that weren't from Colombia. <laughs> so we immediately bonded in the, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're new here. <laughs> But it was like a match made in heaven. I think the the first time we met, it was like I I really loved to see her perform. Like I I the her ingenuity, el ingenio, ingenuity, like her wit. How to say the the perfect? I remember one scene she she did, and I always tell her that I'm, I'm never forgetting this, that it was a scene and there were like two sisters fighting. It was like a discussion. And then there was the oldest sister and the younger. And Patricia <laughs> was the younger. And she told her sister in the scene, like, you left me the, <laughs> my mom's uterus, <laughs> uterus <laughs> filled with shit. Oh my God. <laughs> That is such a good um, discussion piece. <laughs> so yeah, and then um, she wrote to me like six years after that, we hadn't seen each other for six years. And she wrote like, hey, um, come visit me to Toronto, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, let's go. That's amazing. You just went. Was it not the winter? Like, why did you come? It was really winter. It was. Oh my gosh, so brave. I love when you, in your in bio information of the improv duo, it says that you perform in Spanish, Spanglish, and drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, drama is, yeah, it's universal. I think the thing is that everyone experienced drama, but they react to it differently. And I think latin americans uh culturally are we are shaped to to receive drama with really intensive uh <laughs> like, yes. like we were taught to feel and express 
how we feel, e either verbally or singing. Uh huh. Singing or cooking, cooking, everything. We we do everything uh, dramatically, and I love that. So then, what's like one of your favorite examples of melodrama from Latin culture, whatever that might mean to you? Latin culture. Yeah, just starting with music, like you. Hmm. We had in in Nongradas, we had a a segment that was like a trivia where we gave out lines from songs from Latin American songs. And we asked the audience, is this a song or a, a police report? What? Yeah, because they're really insane. Oh my God. No, you're mine forever and nobody can take you away from me. And then like, if you put every lyric of the Spanish songs we grew in, they're really intense. And then you put it out of context and maybe for someone that's not used to those intensities that are really politically incorrect and like and hasn't aged well at all oh damn they're like this might be a crime scene actually <laughs> not just my mom's favorite song uh -huh. <laughs> true though it was yeah song or yeah police statement wow i wow I mean, it was it was obvious there were songs because they they were like, "Hey, girl, you're mine." And yeah, we could do it. another po podcast like analyzing yes. the intensity. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. So I'm just curious, like, so much of your work because you do do like improv and writing, and it's awesome. And then you also do this like digital art, astrology, whole thing. You brought so many, so many fingers and so many pots. But one thing that joins them all together is that it's really a lot about like observing and analyze, analyzing human behavior, like and culture. So what does Latin culture look like to you? What, what defines Latin culture to you? Yeah, this is like, for example, I, I'm my Latin uh, identity is really complicated because for example, I come from a colony of the US. Mm. So it's like, I feel a lot of, of connection with the Latin culture more than a connection with the American culture, but still we are um, identified as Americans. And I mean, I live in a constant cultural disjunctive where it's like you're treated like you're American, but no, but yes, it's it's really complicated. And I think Puerto Rico has what it takes to be like an independent country. And here are, there are a lot of people producing really important cultural things and contributions worldwide. But then there's like, I don't know, like a huge limit on on our identity as Latins. And we have an American passport, and then everyone's like, "Oh, but you're lucky." And it's like, mm. "Well, I'm not sure." <laughs> For example, we have a, a ley de cabotaje where everything we consume and every, even products that are—I don't know. For example, if someone from Dominican Republic sends something to Puerto Rico, it has to go first to Miami and then from Miami to, for taxes and shit. So you uh-huh so everything gets here in a delay with a really 
heavy tax. Uh, living here is really expensive. Like we we are, uh, I think, historically living in a really interesting and complicated time. And I mm -hmm. think I can relate then to the Latin America struggles and fights for independence. And I don't know, I think we have that in common, like the yeah too. like la i don't even remember if it was last year i don't understand time anymore but mm -hmm. like puerto rico really defended itself rec like recently like this year yeah right there's like a bunch of protests and like you overthrew like a president or something yeah the governor but but you know yeah. still even though we unified for that moment like now is the time of elections yes yeah. so is that gonna translate in the voting and you know because we it, it's really weird how 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 it works here because we we have a colonized mind you know it's like a stockholm syndrome like mm. it's like oh like yeah you're taking a lot away from us but you're giving us like a little bit back of the things you take it's like a weird relationship so summarizing <laughs> Latin culture, what does it mean to you? All of that. Complicated. <laughs> yeah. Es complicado. Es complicado. Yeah, but I, you know, I really relate to Latin uh, culture in, in, in general, even though I'm like in an isolated island with a different type of, I don't know how everything works, but yeah, <laughs> we're a family. Mm. We all got colonized by the Spanish one exactly. time. Yeah, I think that's what... <laughs> That's how we were together. So this podcast episode will come after the U.S. election. Like the day after. November 4. So we were, we were going to ask Madame Mela, what does Madame Mela see for the future after November 4? Please give us answers. I think the, the I'm going to have to ask. Instagram filter? My Instagram filter because uh, these elections are... Hopefully Trump doesn't win. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Like I didn't want to say hopefully Biden wins because yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully Trump doesn't win. Yo, should we pull out the Instagram filter right now? Okay, let's see. Okay, let's see. Okay. We got to pick the right question to ask, very clear. So what is it like? Will Trump lose these elections? I'm so nervous. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Oh, it works. It works. It works. It works. Yeah. Oh. yeah it's yes. Scientific proof. Wow. Thank you, Mela. Wow. Yeah, that's my prediction. Excellent. Thank you so much. Manifesting. Manifesting. <laughs> yes. Um, talking about Latin culture and, and, and Spanish, have you ever been on an improv set with other Latinx people and you didn't know what they were saying even though you were speaking the same basically the same language i think i, I we always understand a, a little by just by context context and like body language but there are a lot of for example uh the words um we have in puerto rico we use a lot of spanglish some and and the accents are different so for example Puerto Rican Spanish is really fast and we're like, <laughs> like we talk like we're singing and 
and like um you talk like you have somewhere to go uh-huh. you're very busy <laughs> and then uh that we we share that with people in like in the coast spanish for example dominicans also speak fast mm. and like with a with a swing and then yeah i think it it for that maybe people don't understand me because i'm I speak too fast or maybe and I also tend to speak like <laughs> instead of projecting outside I, I speak like to myself <laughs> yeah. like are you mumbling <laughs> we saw that on on your Instagram you created an illustrated a Boricua glossary glossary yeah. <laughs> that was an amazing <laughs> accent over there glossary <laughs> Glossary. Glossario. Un glossario. Glossario Dawson. <laughs> Did you have like people uh, looking at that and you became a little bit like maybe subconscious be like, oh, maybe I should explain a little bit more. Yeah, because something something like what I was talking earlier about our identity and our mm-hmm. identity crisis being a colony and and all this is that we are also expected to every time some someone from puerto rico does something in spanish we tend to neutralize the our language and our spanish and we have to speak in a general neutral spanish miami your um, univision way <laughs> and, and for example to me it was really important to to embrace our our language and our slang and and all that and then people i think it works for me as a writer especially for horoscopes because i wanted to write them as i would tell them to a friend or and then and then yeah people didn't understand <laughs> like certain <laughs> words and i created the glossary to instead of limiting myself expanding like the language and and it's been great i think people have received it uh well and reggaeton is you know puerto rican spanish and people from latin america like it so they use my glossary and glossary and understand and use it to understand reggaeton songs or other puerto rican yeah right okay so i'm gonna try to use a word yeah okay que que Qué bien fue mi entrevista con Mera Fabón a fuego. No? Maybe you're yes. wrong. Podrías decir estuvo a fuego. Estuvo a fuego. Okay. Uh-huh. Estuvo a fuego. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty uh-huh. self-explanatory. Yeah. So for everybody who, who was listening to this, please go to the Boricua glossary and then try to use those words in your day-to-day life. Educate yourself. Yes. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. No, we have, we have so many. And, and what's interesting, it creates a dynamic, like a conversation in the comments. And people are like, oh, in Mexico, we'd say this way. And then, oh, in Colombia, it's this way. So it's really interesting the, what it provokes and, and, and how it unifies Latin America based on our Spanish, but and how unique all the Spanish mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's so much land and to cover, like we're so far away Yeah, and it makes sense. 
I also love because I was looking at the glossary and you have cabron and and like also like I don't know as a Mexican person we use one word that it can mean the worst but the best uh -huh. at the same time exactly mm -hmm. and I think every country every Latin country has that word that is like the word yeah. or the for example in Argentina it could be uh, boludo uh, mm -hmm. For example, in in Colombia, it's um, marica. Oh like, shoot! Yeah, they, really? Yeah, yeah. They use it like as a hi, as a marica. Like my it, friend. It, it, in the yeah, like a friend. It depends on the intonation. Right. Well, that makes me that makes me pause. But that's me, first generation Mexican to Canada, with my little. A little political justice heart but cool no Sounds yes cool. and every, it's always really interesting i always i always try to tell people the word the universal word in spanish is fart like pedo like you can use yeah. pedo for everything ah right yeah. and then like a good thing and there are multiple words that are like that for example in puerto rico it's cabron which is like hey cabron que la, que, ah, i use cabron, cabron. A lot. It was like, estuvo cabrón, which is, it was amazing, or... O estuvo cabrón. It was really difficult. Yeah. Está cabrón is like, I'm having a bad time. Or, tú eres un cabrón, which is, you're an asshole. Yeah. Or, exactly, yeah. I would and use, tú eres un cabrón, like, you are, you're ahead, like... Yeah, like, you're amazing. Like, yeah, like you're, you're smarter, smart. like, que cabrón. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That, that also works. I love that. Oh word. my God. And puñeta is, is amazing. <laughs> puñeta. Puñeta is like when you were, you hit your little finger, and you're like puñeta. Or if someone wins, you're like puñeta. Or it's like anything. anything. Good to know. Yeah. Puñeta means like punch in my head. Well, it also is like um, masturbatory. <laughs> yes. Oh, in other means cool. like, oh, que puñetas, it'd be like, oh, that, that person is really like silly or like, uh, oh. oh no. No, in other countries, it's that guy is masturbating. <laughs> you really need to be clear on your intonation, in the context. No, and, if you're gonna and, use... and that is interesting too, when, when Latin countries share, Spanish speaking people share one word, but they have different meanings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For example, um, it happened when I went to Medellin. I went to like a scene festival, and and I was at, there was this girl uh, seeing my work, and she was like, ah, "Oh my God, this is esto está bien charro." And then in Puerto Rico, charro is like, "This is ridiculous, horrible. Uh, like you don't want to be that." Charro es como you tried, but it's not. Oh, damn. And then there, it's this is hysterical. Shadra is like hysterical. And in Mexico, so it's a man you... who sings with a sombrero. Like, yes, I'm like, Shadra is like a cattle rancher. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember she was saying that, and I was like, how dare she? You're like, okay, well, it's $50 for you. Yeah, so. don't, don't put that on my face. Tweet about it or something. That, that's why the, the Borica glossary is so important. Like if everybody had their own glossary, then we can be like, yeah. before laughing or getting mad, you just look at your phone and you're like, ah. Yeah. Wow. You should do an app. 
Yeah, an app. Yeah. So yeah, you like you uh, manage your own business and your own brand and you make zines and you do gallery shows and digital art. So like, what's the biggest lesson you've learned about running your own business so far? Wow, that it's harder than I thought. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Um, you know, because it always starts in a really calm manner, I think. For me, for example, I was working in advertisements and then I hated it and I, 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 I had started doing comics and I quit my advertisement work and I just started working at a hotel and blah, blah, blah. And then I was doing it as a hobby, but it was working. So I was starting getting jobs and I could have in uh, financial independence based on illustration. But then when you want to, you know, solidify it and make it more legit, like a business and like, let's, you know, there's so much, so many things going on. And mm. for example, to me that I have to write, I have to draw, I have to, you know, I have to keep so many things in check. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, there are people that, that really have that business spark in them, you know, that are really responsible and, um, and have everything in check. I think I'm really laid back and to me to enter this state of which, and, and I love it because it's redante. How do you say that in English? Redante. Uh, I would say like it challenged you in a good way. Like um, yeah, it's like a, a challenge because I'm really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I love that. Like I, if I could, uh, you know, work by just having naps and just living, like drawing, but without pressure, I would be really happy. But life doesn't work that way. Well, it's a, we're working on it. Yeah, it's like a maturity <laughs> challenge that I'm grateful for. Well, you have a big business to run because you've got almost a million followers on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I'm happy. You, I mean, what you make is good is what I meant. It's like, that's why it happened. No, I really yeah. prefer doing this and having the day-to-day -day challenge to let's make this work then being at a, an, an office, like I was yeah. disintegrating. I remember I started my first week and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, let's do this, Bob. It was my first month. I'm like, yeah, let's work. And then the second month I, I was like, wait, they have to do this <laughs> every day until they fire me or I quit? Like this never ends. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. But you have yeah. to make peace with it too. Like knowing what are your your limits and how how can you be your best person, especially in creative uh, areas. And every creative job, you need to enjoy it because if not, then um, the outcome is it's not gonna translate completely, I think. 
Yeah. You, you do have a lot of like writing in your, in your illustrations, which I really love, but are you ever, you said your first core love is writing. So do you ever think like, are you satisfied with that right now? Or do you want to do other things in the future? I think, I think the core will always be uh, writing, even though the work doesn't portray that much text. For example, I would love to write a comedy series or uh, like I want to keep exploring formats, like mm -hmm. TV writing. Maybe I would I would love to do animation, like an animated piece. Right now, I'm solidifying my brand and my work and like making sure it's solid so I can maybe um, uh, have more collaborators in the in the in my page and then start also have time to to do other things I enjoy that's why I love improv because you just have to show up yes <laughs> that's it just just be on time so speaking of collaborators you've had some really famous collaborators Mela like you've been like you know that's fancy um Monica specifically wanted to ask <laughs> How did you feel when Ricky Martin liked your post? I didn't even see the like. It was someone <laughs> commented. Someone said like, and it was really funny because it was in a post of Isabel Pantoja, which mm -hmm. is a Spanish singer. And she's mm -hmm. been really controversial and 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 like uh, intense too. And it was from a scene like some uh, like a uh, scandal that happened that the paparazzi were taking a lot of pictures of her and she was uh i don't know the gossip well but <laughs> she was like with with her husband or i don't know and she she was caught saying on camera like dientes dientes que eso es lo que lo jode which is like show your teeth show your teeth that's what makes them mad like the paparazzi oh nice, nice. If, if they see you happy they get uh like fired up they get mad so to me that was like what a great uh uh quote yeah what a great mantra yeah. <laughs> keep smiling no matter what yeah and then i drew that scene and that's the post ricky martin like and someone commented like oh ricky martin like this post and i'm like where <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure you get like a million like just so many likes so it's hard to keep the track of them all but i feel like there's bigger situations than even just liking. Like the uh, collaboration you did with Bad Bunny on his tour looked so cool. How did that come to be? Well, he he wanted to to make a concert, a different type of, of concert. He wanted to have uh, different types of experiences um, instead of doing the traditional concert where you buy the ticket and then you just wait for the concert to start. He had like a nail salon where you can get your nails like designed uh there was like a game room and then we made this uh booths where people put their info and then a random horoscope came out and that was that was really exciting because i think that's the first time i was like wow like this this actually has an effect on people and 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 that's the, because likes and all is whatever it's digital and it's a really distant uh interaction 
but for example going to the to the concert venue which is the biggest one in in puerto rico and seeing people lined up to have their horoscope i'm like oh shit this is real like yeah this is yeah. real this is happening i don't know yeah like yeah real people if everyone had to line up to like your post that line would be so long i mean <laughs> i wouldn't do a line ever i think it's just like different to see people in person that's all just like you know interacting directly with them and and just like feeling the 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 love and and i don't know it was i think that's the first time i i like came in in peace with what i was doing and felt proud like like a milestone Hmm. We have a, a question from our last week podcast guest, Armando Minjares, and it says, what role has Celia Cruz played in your life? Imagine, um, Celia Cruz, I mean, for example, I, I feel like Puerto Rico and Cuba have a really, really strong connection because we, more than Latin, we're Caribbean and like we share a lot of cultural aspects and Cuban music have always been present in my life, especially salsa. My parents were like salsa uh, enthusiasts and I grew up seeing salsa dancing and when I was little and so Celia Cruz, uh, I think every Puerto Rican and a lot of Latin Americans can say is a really emblematic icon. So did you listen to her music growing up? Or like, what did she, do you have any memories specifically that Celia might be present? I mean, I remember the wigs and her bigness, you know? Uh, yeah. I think it's the first time I saw uh, that much bigness. Um, and she kept it up until the end. And, and, uh, yeah. and that's really inspiring, you know, that she says, this is who I am. And, and and I'm big and you saw it in her performances and in how she she portrayed herself I wish I had the courage you wish you don't you don't feel like you do I think I'm a little bit more shy I would like to I I, I don't know people are different <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really respect genuine people you know and and people that embrace their bigness whether it's big 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 or your most big awesome so we ask every guest to ask a question for the next guest so that's what we just did for you and we're wondering if you have a question for our next podcast guest and th th that person will be an artist of some kind in the americas oh yeah let me see i'm gonna go astrological What's your sign and what personality traits do you think you share with the people of that sign? I don't know if okay. I, we can we can arrange it in email. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we got it. We can also like paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. paraphrase. Perfect. Yeah. And we have one more little question that we ask also every, all the time at the end of the podcast, <clears throat> and it's about Merienda, which. I'm going to ask you first. Do you know what a merienda is? In Puerto Rico, merienda is a snack. A, a yes. A snack. I love meriendas. 
But I don't think we have one specific. I think everyone chooses their crazy mariendas. If you could, ¿cómo se llama? Recommend a merienda for our audience this oh. this uh, week. What what merienda you recommend? But it doesn't have to be food. It can be like a song or uh, following somebody on Instagram who posts astrological signs or watching a TV show. It can be anything. I would say uh, they should. I'm gonna recommend uh, my brother's song. Yeah. Yes. My brother. What's it called? Aguiro remix. It's like a Mary trap song. Sick. Okay. What's the artist's name? Rafa Pavon. Rafa Pavon. Pavon. Rafa Pavon. Google it. <laughs> it's like a merengue trap song. It's so fun. It's for Christmas. <gasps> what? <laughs> like, There's so many things. Yeah, because we in Christmas we go all out with merengue and songs, and we used to, we get really excited this time of year. <laughs> we eat pork, rice, and beans, and merengue. Beautiful. What a great way to end this podcast. It's been so fun, and it's interesting to talk about. Latin identity like I never get to talk about that no it's fascinating we'll do a whole podcast about language yeah and songs we'll do a video blog podcast <laughs> thank you so much we are speaking to you from the shores of this beautiful Zaga Egan known to some as Lake Ontario in Toronto or Dugarondo this is the ancestral territory of the Haudenosaunee or Longhouse Confederacy the Anishinaabek Nation, the Wendat, and the Mississaugas of the Credit. This land is covered by the Dish with One Spoon Wampum and Treaty 13, also known as the Toronto Purchase. At Aluna, we remember that people can begin to heal when they are hurt. We are committed to artful participation in disagreements. We are committed to unsettling ourselves towards connection, respect, and justice for all people who now live in this city, which has been a meeting place since time immemorial. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Aluna Theatre, with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, and the Metcalfe Foundation. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Shellness with Sue Ballin. Radio Aluna Theater is produced by Monica Garrido and Camila Diaz Varela. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca, follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Miigwech and Nyawangoa.